the great thing about real estate is that, yeah, you're in business for yourself, but if you choose the right brokerage, if you choose the right broker, you choose the right people to surround yourself with, you will be successful in this business. And you're in business by yourself, you're business for yourself, but not by yourself. And that is what is most important with where I'm at in my real estate business. Main Street businesses are struggling as they face challenges nothing like we've seen before. You're listening to the Behind Main Street Podcast. Let's learn from real-world Main Street entrepreneurs, pick their brains, and learn their secrets to navigate, persevere, and overcome all the modern obstacles they face every day. Get ready to peek behind the stories, the struggles, and strategies of today's Main Street entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Behind Main Street Podcast. Here's your host, Chris J. Cardona. Great day, everyone. Welcome to the show. Whether it's your first time listening or an avid follower, thank you so much for joining us. Show notes can be found at www.behindmainstreet.com. But before we get started, I would like to thank the sponsor for this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Thinkin' Local, a fundraising and giving-based marketing platform whose mission is to connect local Main Street businesses who care about making an impact in the local community with schools and nonprofits who believe in supporting their local businesses. Find out more by visiting Think the Letter in Local.com. Awesome, awesome. For today's episode, I'm super, super excited to chat and learn more about the story behind Dina Fabiano, known locally as the networking realtor. She represents Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. She grew up on the Jersey Shore, and she spent a good amount of time in Florida as a radio personality before coming to sunny SoCal and helping families today with their real estate needs. Dina, are you ready to take us behind the curtains and dig into your story. Absolutely, Chris. Glad to be here. Bring out the shovels. Let's dig for gold. So, Dina, I've given our listeners just a little bit of a sneak peek of who you are. Why don't you tell them a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do? Well, um, let's see. Uh, I am, as Chris mentioned, from originally from New Jersey. I uh, came to California by way of Florida. Um, so I've been out here since 1996, um, and I've lived in Orange County, LA County, Riverside a little bit, and San Bernardino. It's kind of my my territory for real estate. And um, I got into real estate about three years ago after working in government contracting for about 13 years. Wanted to go back into business for myself um, and help people realize their dreams of home ownership. Fantastic. Well, maybe you can tell myself and our listeners a little bit of something interesting that your family and friends would say about you. Oh, let's see. I think they'd say that I am, I'm, I'm always joking around. Um, mm-hmm. I like to laugh a lot. I'm always laughing and, and, and I'm, I have a, a sarcastic sense of humor, I guess. Um, the other thing is I love to feed my friends. I love to cook. I love to entertain them. So they love to come over. So, And um, 
yeah, those are those are things that they would say about me that I'm I'm constantly laughing. I, I I'm very positive. I'm always have always upbeat. I'm always trying to look at the positive in in everything. Um, but I do play that devil's advocate. <laughs> I, I go well on the, on the other hand. <laughs> so I'm always kind of doing that. But I do try to I do try to look at both sides of situations for friends and. Um, so one friend would say in particular, can't you just be on my side? <laughs> I go, I am, I am. I just look at it from the other side too. So, um, so yeah, I definitely, that's the, uh, very optimistic, I think would be the term my friends would use to describe me. Fantastic. I'm always, whenever I ask this question, my first question, I'm always like trying to see like, what answer am I going to get? You know, sometimes like, oh, my friends. <laughs> If, if, if my friends and family talked about me, oh, like, he's like this. I'm like, oops. <laughs> I don't want the users and my listeners to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, how how would you as a person, um, you know, coming from the East Coast, you know, going sort of still East Coast, South East Coast, and then now to mm-hmm. West Coast, your mission in life has evolved. What would you – how would you describe your current life mission? My current life mission is to just help people, help them along the way, be a resource for them in any way that I can. And again, it doesn't even have to surround just real estate. Um, And that, because that's, I mean, that's, again, that's my job. That's what I do. But I think for me, being resourceful and being helpful to others is is really my mission in life. Um, It's what gives me a lot of joy and and a, and a lot of happiness. I, I love seeing, like, if someone asked me for a favor, if someone asked me for a resource or someone asked me to help them and I see them then enjoy that and succeed and, and, and have it be the solution or have it not be the solution and then find another way or help them find another way, as long as they get to the end goal um, of where they want to be, or, you know, it helps them take another direction you know, however it is that they get to that point where there's, there's happiness, there's joy, um, and there's success in that. And I think that's what drives me. And that's my mission uh, for my friends, family, or really anyone that comes to me for help. Fantastic. Well, you know, what would you say? I know we talked a little bit more about this off, you know, off the the recording. I know you like getting your friends together, you know, entertaining them. I forgot you you mentioned a term. How do you what do you say the party before holidays? The two week like typically about two weeks, three weeks before Christmas, the Christmas holiday, we I host a party every year called Christmas Hanukwanzul. (laughs) I wasn't gonna try try to I know, I know, and I say it now, and it's like it just rolls off the tongue. But yeah, it's it's a it's to make sure that like everybody's included. You know, like we got we got a Christmas tree up, we've got the menorah, we've got the dreidel. You know, I think we've even we've even had a little thing about Quan- what Kwanzaa is, and we're like, what is Kwanzaa? You know, like we had to learn ourselves, like what's that? And then you know, of course, you know, Yuletide time, and it just it, it's it's about inclusive, it's about diversity. It's about making sure that everyone feels welcome. And that's, I for me, that's the most important thing is that everybody feels welcome. And then again, we eat all night. <laughs> There's food for days. I'm like sending food home. I'm like, take it home with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, I mean, being, being someone that works with people a lot, you know, works hard at bringing people together, finding consensus, be, consensus being a resource for people, what would you say – you know, people around you misunderstand about you, Dina, the most? 
Um, I, <laughs> I did have a client who is a family member say to me one time, oh, you just want to make more money. I was suggesting it was between two homes and said in a half joking way, like, you just want to make more money. And I said, you know what? I, I don't. And actually, I won't make more money on that more expensive house. But this was a, you know, I said, I said to them, I go, do you want contractors traipsing through your home for the next six to eight months? Or do you want to move into a house that's ready to go? That's not going to be a hassle for you. And I think that's the, the preconception is that I think people think that I'm, I'm in real estate to make money. Of course, we're all in, we're all in a job or career to like provide for our families and things of that nature. Um, but I think the misconception is, is that I just want to, to utilize someone for, for monetary purposes. And that's not my goal at all. Um, of course, I want to pay my bills. I want to provide for my family and my children and my future. But I mean, the most important thing for me is, again, just to, to help people realize their dreams. And in that, if it if it helps me along the way, you know, and my family along the way, that's great. Let's all grow together. Let's prosper together. And that's what I think is most important that I can relate to people to kind of break that misconception about what it is that I do and um, and and what people might think Dean of the Realtor is as opposed to Dean of the Friend um, is. Absolutely. Well, you know, doing this for almost three years, you said in a couple mm -hmm. weeks, right? Um, yep. Have you thought about the impact that you will have in the next five years or so? I have. Um, looking down the road for myself, um, I want to do more investing. Um, it's something my partner and I have talked about. I mean, we look at rents these days, they're growing exponentially. And, you know, is it about, and I, I say to myself, I ask myself the question, is it about greed? Is it about just the market? Is it about, you know, expenses and things? Of course, we know things are, you know, things are going up in cost, you know, um, our fuel, things of that nature. But is it really, is it really necessary for, for rents to raise every month? I mean, I remember renting an apartment one time and it was, depending on the day that I moved in, the rent went like up and, and then I was like, that makes no sense. It's the same, it's the same square feet, no matter what day I move in. And I think for the five years down the road, I want to do some investing so that I can provide affordable housing for people that are looking to rent so that they don't, that they're not spending every dime on rent, that they're not able to save and then prepare for the future for themselves. So that's for five years down the line. That's what I want to do is I want to create an investments for myself that I can provide some affordable housing to people to help them then build wealth for themselves, get them prepared for the next step in their life. And then maybe they look down the line and go, Hey, you know what? I could maybe start investing in real estate myself and continue to build more wealth for myself, my family, my children, and for my future. And I think that's the biggest thing that I see for five years down the line for myself and my family. Wonderful. Well, I'm curious then, if you woke up tomorrow morning, you had $100 million in your bank account. Oof. What would you spend it on? Oh, real estate. <laughs> I'd, I'd spend it on, I would really strategically look for, for, for housing. Um, that I could convert buildings I could convert into housing that are that are lying dormant and affordable housing, you know, like and 
but also do a lot of a lot of philanthropic things to help people get a, a, a hand up rather than a handout. And that's I'm I'm coining I'm taking that phrase away from my friend Deanna over at Foothill Family Shelter. A little shout out to her. Um, she's a, a a nonprofit that I network with, and that is something that big that they do is that they I I would invest in them and help them out a lot. They have a great program to help get people back on their feet and kind of mirror that around. But, you know, also, again, just help people up rather than helping, handing them out and, um, and make, you know, make people that, that want to get back on their feet, want to have a, have a roof over their head every night, not just where's that roof going to be tomorrow or next week or next month. We all know some people are a paycheck away from, not having a roof over their head. And I want to, if I had a hundred million dollars, I want to make sure that that didn't happen anymore. Fascinating. For anyone. Well, yeah. maybe you can let me and our listeners know in on a little bit of your childhood. What was that like growing up? Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, gosh, suburban, you know, playing on playing kickball and street hockey and, you know, you know, winners were, you know, snowball fights. And um, the coolest thing was my stepdad growing up when, when, um, after my parents got divorced, my stepdad, he, he drove a, um, uh, a snow, a snow sweeper thingy, you know, when, it, when we'd have snow and stuff. So he'd go plow the he'd snow plow, he'd go plow the highways and stuff. But when he'd come back home, he'd bring the plow home and he would pile up the snow in a big mountain in front of our house. And we would dig tunnels in them and, and, you know, and, and make slides in them and stuff. So, I mean, it was like a, a neighborhood, you know, like we have, you know, I had a pool. So everybody was over at each other's houses and everybody knew everybody. Um, and gosh, I loved it growing up. I loved growing up in New Jersey, uh, walked to school. Um, and, uh, then I moved to South Jersey, a little different, a little more spread out. Um, but I mean, the great thing is I made some lasting friendships. I mean, people that I'm still so close with today, thank goodness for Facebook, um, <laughs> you know, um, but I do, I, and oddly enough, my, my, my childhood friend, my best friend who lived across the street from me, she shared a picture on Facebook with me the other day of a birthday party. She was maybe four or five and it's her and I standing right next to each other. And I was like, oh my goodness. I'm like, we're still cute. <laughs> but that we have like that, that's still I, I my first my first best friend in the entire world I still know to this day we grew up right across the street from each other and we still are in touch today and that was my that's that's the that's my childhood my dad coming home and uh, from work smelling like coffee because he worked at Maxwell House I, I, I still <laughs> love coffee to this day he hates coffee he's a tea drinker but I remember that smell um, and I still remember vividly the house we grew up on in the street and, and everybody. And uh, it's it's great because I still, through Facebook, still stay connected to some of those folks. And they remember me. I was like, wow. <laughs> and the funny thing at my 10-year reunion when I went back to New Jersey for my 10-year reunion, someone looked at me and said, God, you haven't changed at all since high school. I'm like, and unfortunately, he had lost a lot of his hair. I went, you look the same, too. <laughs> But now it's now it's what oh, thirty over thirty two years since I've been since I've left and it's it's long time, long time to be away. But I'm going back. I'm visiting. I'm going back uh, in June. Wow! So I'm going back. That's going to be exciting yeah, for you for vacation. I am. I'm excited. 
Are you bringing your family with you or just yourself? Yep. Nope. Uh, my my partner, Joseph, is coming. My daughter, Zoe, uh, my stepson, Finn, and we're going to be hanging out with my dad and, and going down to the Outer Banks for uh, a week and then spending a week on the Jersey Shore with my cousins. And my, my hope is I'm going to show my daughter my stomping grounds and we're going to get pizza on the boardwalk and Italian ice. And I'm hoping to take a trip up to where I grew up in Port Reading and show her where I grew up. And just show her the, the school and where I used to go ice skating and, you know, just all the fun things that I did as a kid. Wow. That's going to be an amazing, amazing experience for both of you. It really Being is. To kind I'm of excited. Relive some of that childhood memory. And, you know, like, because I, I remember when I would, you know, I have four kids and when my oldest now is uh, 15. And when I would tell him some of the stories about, you know, growing up, she's like, I mean, he's like, no way. Like, it, it wasn't like that. <laughs> And I, I spent a good amount of time in the Philippines in high school. And when I when I brought them with me, three of them at the time, my, my youngest one wasn't born yet. Our old house still had a rotary dial phone and, and yeah, by the dining table, close to the dining table. Right. And then they were looking at it, it's like, what is this? How do you what use this? So like they're trying to press the buttons like, no, you got to you got to you got to spin it. Right. And she was like, oh, OK. So they, they do the like thing. Thing. They just move it a little bit. No, no, no. You have to go all, all the way. All the way. Depending on how, <laughs> for how far you go all the way back. <laughs> exactly. So and at that when I was little, um, there was phone numbers were four digits. So it's like, oh, oh wow. it's fine. Like tick, tick, tick. it's like, okay, that's that's all good. But yeah. now it's like long, like <laughs> but yeah, that was that was fun and kind of seeing them that way. So I'm sure that's gonna be a great experience for for both Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I love you, that story. You, that you. is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, growing up um, in, in Jersey, pretty much you left there from, from your story when you were mm. a little bit bigger. So you spent a lot of your like formative years there. Um, I did. At that time, did you, and you know, and, and after that, when you moved to Florida, you you know, you were a radio personality as well. So, was there like a dream career or job that you were kind of gravitating towards when you were in Jersey when you were a kid? Um, I actually wanted to be a teacher. Mm. I, I wanted to be a teacher. That's what I thought I wanted to do. Um, I started uh, school in Florida. I went for a couple of years, and then like got the job at the radio station, and it was like whoa this is a whole new world. I could do this for a living, you know? And I, it was, it was, it was great. And then of course that market was a 90, I think it was a top 100 market, but it was like 98, 97, 90, it was in the nineties. And then I moved here and I had a, I had a reel, like, you know, like you have your reel and stuff that your audition tape and stuff moved out here and Orange County is a number 11 market. No one goes from a 90 to an 11, and I couldn't get a job in radio at all because I just hadn't moved up the ranks. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to put it aside. And, you know, and I, I worked, I worked at, I worked at Nike for a little while. I was in counting there and I worked at a manufacturing company and I did this and did that. And I think I kind of worked every department in a business. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just gaining a lot of experience. And I think that has also helped me, you know, understanding the checks and balances of accounting and how things work. So when I look at an escrow document, I, I understand it where I think a lot of people that don't have that accounting background, 
won't understand that. And I do. So it's like, I, I, I've drawn on all that experience to get me to this point. And I remember I, um, when I bought my own business and I, I had this little, um, retail shop in downtown Pomona for about six or seven years. And I remember taking that leap of faith and literally I quit my job. I took a second mortgage out on my condo that I had just bought. It's 28 years old. And I went all in and I did it for six or seven years. And when I, when I finally closed the business and I walked away, I walked away very well. Um, I walked away with my original investment. I walked away with you know this business and, and a great experience. And I went back to work. I went back to, to what I knew. I went back to a, pro- a procurement job and, and then I got into government contracting and I did that for many years. And I just, I never had like that. It was like that the career never really fell into place until now, <laughs> until now it fell into place for me. I was like, and like I said, when I shared with you before about how I got to it, I never realized it. And it was there all along. And there was a thread through it all along. Like I said, we'd go to we go to these open houses. Like we'd be driving around like garage selling and my mom's oh open house. Let's go see it. You know, or we'd be like, there's a new model home. Go, oh, let's go check all the models out. And I remember when my parents would buy a new home, I always went with them. When we moved from New Jersey to Florida, when we planned that, we went down to Florida for a week and we went and looked at houses and looked at how and I went with my parents. Like I was part of that process and I'm like, you know, I like walking. I'm like, I don't really like this or oh, I like this. And I like, and I was very involved and I, I was very opinionated. So, and I remember that week we looked at probably, I don't know, like 50 houses. It was a lot of houses we looked at and, but I was part of that process. But like I said, it never occurred to me on, until I, when I had my business, when I had my, my shop, and someone suggested to me to take a real estate course and I signed up for it and I never followed through with it. And I wish I could tell Dina then, take that class, get your license. You know, you should have done it then. And and I, it's okay. You know, I re-roll with the punches. Things happen when they're supposed to happen. And I think this all came to me to do this, to take this plunge and to be in business for myself um, but with support, which is great, um, and, and just take that plunge and do it. And, and I finally found my niche. I found where I'm, where I'm, I'm happy. And it brings in all of those elements of being in service to others and helping people and, and getting to do all of that. Um, I am by no means a, an expert. There are people that are far more skilled than me. And the great thing is, I surround myself with them and I, they're my team and I know a lot. I, I know enough. I still have more to learn and I'm okay with that. And I think everyone should always strive to learn more. But if you surround yourself with those subject matter experts, those people that you can rely on, those people that you can call on, you can text and say, Hey, I've got a question for you. Do you mind if I bounce this off of you? This is a unique situation, you know, um, and, and having those resources is just so key in this business because you, you are in business. And I think that's something people need to realize, you know, it, it's, this is a business. You need to treat it like a business, not a hobby. And you need to be able to have the resources around you to then tap into those, those experts, because that is what's going to make you successful.
That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You. you know, growing up, you know, you moved, like you mentioned, that you you moved from, you know, even when you were in New Jersey, you moved a couple times and then you moved to mm-hmm. Florida. And was there something throughout that childhood that you felt, you know, when you kind of think back to it now, you look back to it, you felt sort of led you to the person or the situation, the moment that you are in today? In my later years, when my dad and I became closer, my parents got divorced when I was around eight. Um, and uh, I, I had, um, I've now formed a really close relationship with my father. And my father has taught me a lot about financial responsibility um, and generosity. And I think those are the things that have formed me into the person that I am now. Um, you know, opening up my home to my friends and family, even if someone needs the, if they need, they need a couch to lay on because they're going through something, you know, or a spare bed, I've got a blow up bed. I'm like, you know, come here, you know, recoup here, stay here. I'll help take care of you. Um, you know, I'll help get you back on your feet. If it's just a night or if it's, you know, if it's extended period of time, you know, I'll try to help. And I think that generosity that my dad has, my dad's always out helping. Well, when he was younger, he's helping people fix this and fix that. And I saw that, you know, and then my mom, my mom was a hairdresser for many years. My mother had her own businesses, she had a couple of them, a couple of shops. And that was something also that formed me to say that I could, I can be an entrepreneur. I can be a female entrepreneur and I can do it and I can make it happen. Um, And I think both my parents together in their own unique ways help to formulate that for me um, and and who I am today to take those bold steps because it's a bold step to, to start a business. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. Especially, you know, you becoming a realtor right before the pandemic too, that, that adds a little bit of a, <laughs> a flavor, a special flavor <laughs> it, to, to your does, journey as an does. entrepreneur. <laughs> when you're out, you're for supposed sure. to be it, showing houses, talking to people face to face, working with them one-on-one and then it's like, oops, you can't Mm -hmm. technically get out of your house. Nope. (laughs) Nope. You can't. It was, there was, there was no going anywhere. Yep. And I just said, okay, what do we do next? Absolutely. Well, I mean, today, what does, you know, being, making that decision, making that leap into entrepreneurship for you having an, before you became a realtor, an entrepreneur in that sense, you also had, um, you know, a retail establishment, right? Mm-hmm. What does being a local Main Street entrepreneur mean to you? It means being a part of the community, mm-hmm. um, being helpful in that community. When I had my shop, every every fall season, I did I did food drives. Um, collected food and donated that to local food banks. Um, I donated it to people who needed help um, privately as well. Um, I try to connect through the community to, to be um, a safe space. Um, I worked with, um, you know, local officials. I was friends with a couple of the council members in Pomona and, um, and, uh, was part of the colony, the arts colony and part of the events and, and really just, again, just that community of, of folks. We, it was a magical time those years. Um, 
I mean, we, we supported each other and did so many amazing things together. And I remember right before I closed, not long before I closed, um, a gentleman named Terry came to me um, and he was a local business owner. And he's like, I want to bring a, a, a tattoo parlor to downtown. And I'm like, and they had laws against them. And he was, he's like, I want your support. And I'm like, you've got my support. I'm signed. Whenever I got to sign, what's, when's the meeting? I'll go to the council meeting. I'll make sure I'm there. And we all went, we were all there. And I'm literally almost every business owner in the colonies was there to support him. And that, that to me, that's, that's about being on main street. And now that business in Chronicles is now owned by his daughter, Tess, who's amazing. And they do a charity event every year for the cancer uh, center over at Pomona Valley. They raise money every year. Even during the pandemic, they raise money, I believe. And they do tattoos that are specifically for, you know, pink, the pink ribbon and stuff like that. But that was, it was like, how can, this had nothing to do with my business. Of course, it brings business to the downtown, but it, it had nothing to do with specifically with my business, but it had to do with my neighbor. And that neighbor that's on Main Street that wants to succeed, that wants to bring something, you know, to this to this community, to this arts colony, and make it thrive, and make it make it better, and make it bigger and better. And they're still there today, and I had some tiny small part in in hopefully making that happen. And that's that makes me happy. That that's my purpose. That's what being being on main street is all about and being a business owner on main street is all about is is helping your neighbors uh, for sure I, I love it i love it i love it i think yeah. you know a lot of times when we got, get into entrepreneurship we think we have to go out of the loan right like oh no one understands yeah. me you know not sometimes like in all honesty sometimes even our own family don't understand what we're going through as an entrepreneur as a business owner because there's just there's a certain lack of context that you know most people mm -hmm. don't get to see and it's amazing that you were able to collaborate and continue to do so with these other businesses because you know we all do need the collaboration we do need the help from each other because there's certain mm -hmm. certain things that we just don't know we don't know what we don't know that's that's the problem of entrepreneurship exactly. sometimes we we can learn as as much as we want read as much as many books watch as many youtube videos as we possibly want but when the situation happens the the best call to make is another business owner that probably went through that same situation that you're going through and they will just give you the answer on what it is. Like you get a shortcut almost. So it's amazing mm -hmm. that you did that. And you can like, it's like so. having little mini master classes, you know, <laughs> it's tapping into that. It really is. I truly, truly believe that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you're, you mentioned earlier that your mom had, um, was a hairdresser and had a couple mm -hmm. shops, you know, you, you seeing that, um, did that kind of put, uh, you know, put entrepreneurship on your radar as a child? Or you kind of just, oh, that's just her job and I'm just going to do my oh, own no. thing and become a Absolutely. teacher? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, after school, I spent my afternoons at the shop. I would be, mm. so like, I remember my mom had these, I just, it was these little wooden cubbies that were in the window. And I used to sit in the window. I'd get a little chair over and I'd sit and I'd do my homework in the window. And after I was done with my homework, I, my mother would have like customers under the, under the hair dryers, or they'd be getting a manicure. And I'm like, do you need more coffee? And I'd get more coffee. And oh my gosh, I was, I was sitting behind the desk, answer the phone when I, once I got a little older. Um, but yeah, I was in my mom's shop all the time. And 
Um, I'd go to the beauty supply shop with her and I, you know, we'd we'd stock the shelves and, you know, and, and I'd be there on a Saturday helping, you know, not really helping, but just kind of being there. Um, And I got to see, you know, and a female entrepreneur in action, you know, you know, and, and taking that leap of faith. Um, And, uh, you know, it was inspiring for me and it, 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 it made me go, I can do this too. And then, you know, I've, I've been friends with other female entrepreneurs. I've, I've got, a, I've got a couple of friends that own businesses and, and have, have done it and um, maybe have taken a step back and then reinvented themselves and, and expanded or just closed and said, you know, that wasn't for me. Um, but you always learn something. And that's the thing. It's like, I learned so much from all of those women and, and men that I've known that have been in business. Um, and, and I've taken from it the good bits I've learned the, the pitfalls and the things that um, that can can trip you up that can you know that can hurt you as an entrepreneur and, um, and and you know just try to take all of that and make good choices make the best decision that I can with the information that I have and and do the best that I can awesome well you know looking at that and then you coming to California you working in corporate basically like you said corporate contracts and and all that stuff when was it that you made that pivotal decision like i'm going to leave my my nine to five corporate job and start that (laughs) store up in pomona how did that come about oh that was ooh. i okay so i was working at a job and the company um was bought out we were a thousand employees worldwide and a third of the workforce was going to be laid off. I was unfortunately one of those people. I was closing on my condo that week, my first purchase ever. I, I, (laughs) yeah. And they knew that they knew. Um, so they actually doubled my severance. They confirmed my, my, um, my income and they they told me all this and I, they Friday, I was, I was moving in my house. I was moving in my condo Saturday. I closed Friday. They gave me the news and they said, here's your severance package. And I went home and I passed out. I was, I was devastated. Um, and after having a bad experience of buying this condo to then have that happen, it was just like, it was overwhelming. But I got home and I got off the bed and I said, finished packing and my computer was still up and I got on my computer. I was like, I'm going to apply for every job I can. I got on there and I applied for like 11, 12 jobs, shut the computer down, put it in the box, packed it up. I said, okay, I got to go to bed. I got to move tomorrow. I'm just going to make this happen. I'll figure it out. I've got enough money saved up now. I got a nest egg. I'm okay. I'll be okay for a couple months. So I moved. I moved into my condo the next day and I, I just told the movers, I set the bed up and that's it. I'm, I'm don't, don't worry about anything else. Leave the boxes, leave this. I woke up the next day on Sunday. I looked around the boxes and I went, I grabbed a beer out of my fridge and went back to bed. And I was like, I'm not dealing with anything today. I woke up Monday and I said, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Let's it's Monday. Let's, let's get to the charge. I'm going to hit the ground running. I'm going to apply for more jobs. I'm going to get the computer set up, everything. And I got back home and my mom had called me. My dad had called me. These are the voicemails. I got three voicemails, my mom, my dad, and then a job, a job interview from one of the ones I applied to. So I got a job very quickly, started in two weeks. 
And this company was just messed up. It was bad. It was bad news. I was there literally six months and I was very unhappy. And not only was I doing the job that I had been hired for, but they add, they added another job on top of it and added this. And I'm like, I, I, I just can't do this. And then I saw an advertisement for the shop that was for sale. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to do this. Like I really would, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it was a bad experience that kind of prompted it. And um, so I went through the process. I got a second mortgage on my condo, which I just bought. I'm like, I'm insane. I'm literally nuts right now. So while I'm in the middle of the deal, 9-11 happens. And I'm at home watching this unfold in front of me. And my parents are both like, get out of the deal. Don't do it. Stop. I go, I, I, it's already in the works. I go, I, 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 I signed. I, I, I can't. So September 20th of 2001, I put the key in the door, brought in a little bit of product that I had purchased, you know, got prepared, turned the lights on, rearranged the store. People went, oh, new owner? Yeah, how'd you know? The lights are on. <laughs> I was like, okay. And... um the next day, the old, the previous owner, had, they, we had an event, grand opening event. They introduced me to the community, blah, blah, blah. Day three that I owned this, this store, I did zero in sales. And I went, oh, what did I do? Oh, no. <laughs> and day four was fine. A little bit more, a little bit more. And, and I just kept building it and building it and building it and building it. And... But it was a bad, it was a bad work experience that prompted this. But it was the, it was the best decision I ever made, to 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 buy that shop. I have made relationships and and friends as family, and the experience was was incomparable to anything in a job. I learned, I learned about you know budgeting. I learned about you know, you know, making sure that I pay the rent first before anything else, and you know, and, and how I can leverage, you know, my finances and, and inventory and, 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 and promoting myself, you know, and promoting the business and, and going, doing events and just really connecting with people. I mean, I'd always had that customer service kind of vibe and I've worked retail jobs before, but I took all of that and just put it into this. I learned how to, I learned how to do HTML to do a website. I started an e-commerce store and just grew it as best I could. I connected with authors to come in and do events and and I had one author told me he said there's a there's a private group for authors and they said hey if you're going to go who which shop should you go to in southern california if you want to do a book signing and be treated right and my name was on that list and when he told me that I was like really <laughs> it was just it touched my heart you know because i tried to make sure my authors were taken care of that you know that the events were full and and they got the love that they deserved and that their books there was plenty of books there for people to buy um and when i closed that business i mean i i i started to look for other locations it just wasn't right i just said you know what it's it's time i'm going to i'm going to take a step back and it was it was a it was a hard decision but it was the right decision and I, I still got to say I did it and no regrets and I'd do it all over again. 
um, if I had the money. <laughs> if I had the big, if I had that hundred billion, I'd do it again. Um, but uh, you know, and then the great thing about real estate is that yeah, you're in business for yourself, but if you choose the right brokerage, if you choose the right broker, you choose the right people to surround yourself with, you will be successful in this business. And you're in business by yourself, your business for yourself, but not by yourself. And that is what is most important with where I'm at in my real estate business. That's awesome. So uh, you, you had that business, you closed it up. When was it? I know you, you talked, touched on earlier that you, Mm-hmm. You kind of worst was starting real estate, but you never finished your classes. Mm-hmm. And then at, at one point mm-hmm. you went back and just kind of, Hey, let, let me do this. Was that during yeah. that time or was it after? Uh, it was after. So, oh, okay. yeah. So I was, um, so yeah, I was going through a, a breakup. I was going through a divorce and, um, I was watching, um, I was on my phone, <laughs> not sleeping, you know? Um, and I came across a goal cast. Uh, on one of the videos and it was a video of rock thomas who's a student of um tony robbins um and he was talking about his journey and how he how he struggled and and it just read something resonated with me what, what he was talking about and then he talked about his book um the epic life blueprint and it was a downloadable free book and i was like oh i'm download that i'm gonna check that out and he asked the question of what would you do if you couldn't fail? And I really thought long and hard about those things. I'm like, what would I, what would I do? And I wrote it down, be a DJ again, <laughs> be a stand-up comedian, <laughs> which I still would love to do. Um, own my own business again, own my own, well, own my own restaurant, own my own business again. And then I wrote under that, a, a job or an opportunity that would, that would help me take, that would be something that would take care of me and my daughter. Cause it was just me and my daughter at the time. And I wrote down a star question mark, real estate question mark. And then the next day on Facebook, there was a seminar for a real estate school and it was come check it out. We're given a deal. So I did. And I liked everybody that I talked to that night. I asked a lot of questions. And I the one the biggest question that I asked was of all these people that have been in real estate for years and years, I said, How did you how did you quit your full time job and, and do real estate? Like how did you do that? Like how did you you know, I mean, yeah, they say, Oh, you gotta be hungry, you gotta yeah, but but still like you, you got no money, you're not you're not gonna have a house, roof over your head. He said, I took a year and saved money from my job and I socked, I saved money. I socked money away as best I could. I'm like, okay, well, I'm in a job where I make an hourly wage and I have commission. I'm going to take every dime of commission that I make and I'm going to put it away for a year. If I can, if, and I'm going to make goals for myself to make sure that I make, I make enough money in that commission so that when I do drop the hammer and I, I, I give my resignation and I leave this job, I've got enough to sustain me for a full year so that I can make this happen. And something had occurred at this position to make me just up and unfortunately walk out of it. It was, a, again, um, you know, someone who just really didn't didn't have my back, um, wasn't fulfilling the contracts that I was bringing in, and I, I walked out. Now, I had a little bit of a nest egg, but I didn't have the nest egg that I wanted, and I went, oh, 
man, what did I do here? I, I messed up my plan. But I said, okay, get your, get your, get your license, get it done. Just go. And I went literally like four days a week to class out in Arcadia every day. And I just, when's the next legal class? Get that done. When's the next this? Get it done. Okay, let's just get through it. Get through it. I took the crash course, scheduled my test. Boom. Took it May 1st, passed the first time. And then I was like, now what? <laughs> you know, but it was, it was all of those things that brought me to that point of saying, you know what, I, I'm, I got to get this done. I, and the big thing I said to myself was, Dina, sometimes you don't finish things. This one, you have to make a commitment to finish. You've got to see it through to succession. And that was, that was the commitment that I made to myself that I wanted to make sure, get it done. No excuses. Just get it done. Make it happen. And that was, that's been my hashtag now for my personal hashtag, make it happen. And that's what I did. That's fascinating. I think, you know, for, for me and our listeners, a lot of times we hear, you know, on Instagram, on TikTok, or wherever you consume your content, there's all about, there's this sort of um, like push for just burn your bridges, like just jump into your, jump into your entrepreneur life and just just do it, you know, just make it happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you did it where yeah. you didn't completely have that nest egg that you needed, but you had a plan going into it. Right? I did. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get into business. They get in, they get sucked into like the, you know, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to set my own hours and stuff like that, which is maybe in the future you can, but your hours are set by the clients, by the industry that you mm -hmm. work in. If you're a realtor, if your clients are telling yeah. you, I'm available after work, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 to see houses, that's when you mm -hmm. make yourself available to be able to service that client. And, uh, you exactly. know, you know, just want to kind of, you know, point that out to our listeners is that sometimes it depends on the situation. You don't have to be burning your bridges, burning the ships and just go to war. Like, mm. you know, the, Trojan War, like that's you know, like oh, I'm I'm gonna burn all my bridges and, I mean, burn all my ships and I have I'm forced to win. Sometimes like yeah, that might not be the best scenario for you for for mm -hmm. that particular person, and you have to find what works, and be successful yeah. at that. And the I and to follow up to that, it's like a lot of people, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of coaches, at least some of them that I've experienced, it's like you know, don't have that safety net. Don't have that safety net. It's going to make you hungry to, 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 to do what you need to do. Well, maybe for some, but for others where, you know, our security and our base and our, our, our environment, um, where we have that, that's that bit of security, I think it makes us also strive to want to, to do more, to do better, to keep that, to keep that security. And I think that's the motivator for me. It's like, I don't, not that it's a, not that it's a safety net, but it's, it's my, it's my foundation. It's my security. And I want to keep that. I want to keep this house. I want to keep the car that I'm driving. I want to keep the money in my bank account and not see it just negative, 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 negative. I want to see a plus go in there. I want to see a plus go back in there and replenish. And it's, it's having that balance um, within, you know, those goals and that your motivators and you know yeah some people do work well with burning that bridge and just kind of going all in but 
you know, you're, you're probably going to be couch surfing, you know, for before too long if you don't have your foundation and you don't have a good support system. I have an amazing support system. My partner, Joseph, is 100% behind me all the time. He is my assistant to the realtor. <laughs> um, you know, he'll come, he'll put my sign in, you know, uh, at a property for me. Um, he's driven up and, and put riders on signs or dropped off flyers. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a tremendous help. My kids are understanding. Um, you know, my family's very motivating. I have a, I have a couple of realtors that are in my family. I have a couple cousins, my aunt, she just retired back in New Jersey. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing is if I have that support system behind me, it, it, there's nothing I can't accomplish. And, and that's really what's important to me is that I have that support. Absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned earlier, you being a, re you try to, as much as you, as much as you can try to be a resource and support for others. And you can't really be doing that if you're drowning yourself, you know, it's hard to swim fast mm -hmm. if you're drowning. So save yourself yep. first before you try to save other people and swim faster, <laughs> just kind of get your, you know, make sure your head exactly. or at least your nose is above water. <laughs> yep. Just listen to Dory. Just keep swimming. Keep swimming. <laughs> That's true. Just don't forget. <laughs> it's good advice. It's good advice. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen, for giving us that. <laughs> we'll never forget it. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier, you know, when you um, finally took the, the leap into your current um, mm -hmm. entrepreneurial life of being a realtor, COVID happened, right? What was that journey yes. like? Ooh, that journey was like, oh no, what do I do now? Like, I there's nothing I can do. I mean, there's literally nothing I can do. And, well, I shouldn't say that. There was nothing I could do in the traditional sense of you think, showing houses and, you know, and, and door knocking or, you know, just meeting people, hey, giving your card out so people know who you are. Now we're virtual. Now it's all virtual. Okay, what do I do now? Well, I, um, I got, I, I, I talked to my broker. I'm like, what can I do? Farm. Just get your, get your name out there. Keep your name on people's, on people's lips. Keep them at their fingertips. Like, make them see your name, your face. And the other thought that I had was, okay, look, let's do that. We'll invest a little bit in that. Um, so I started doing some mailings and some email lists and, you know, and just kind of creating my database and uh, reaching out to folks that way. And then I said, what's another thing that really would be a great opportunity was to network, to connect with others and to find partners in this industry that I could learn from. Um, but also, again, now we look at the resources, like what other things can I connect with as, as and have, be resourceful for clients and planting those seeds. So um, I joined a networking group, Team Referral Network, um, and uh, became the realtor in that group and, um, you know, and, and forged those relationships to get people to know, like, and trust me. And that took time. It take it took a, uh, it took a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of energy. It wasn't instantaneous. I don't think if anyone thinks that they're going to join networking and come out of it in a week with the biggest you know deal of their lifetime, just you know know that's not how it works. People need to know you, like you, and trust you to do business with you. 
And until you get to know, like, and trust those people that you're in this networking group with, they're, they're not going to give you business. It's, it's, you have to build that relationship. This is all still relationship driven when it comes to anything. These are big, like we, we talked about, this is the biggest purchase that someone, the largest purchase anyone's going to make in their lifetime. Single one. Would you buy a house from me if you didn't know me? Like, would you, would you want to work with me if you didn't know who I was or, or what I was about or what my background was or, or anything? I mean, and there are people out there that will, you know, make that leap of faith and trust you. And then you build that relationship. You get to know them. And, and those relationships are great. I, and I love that. And I've, I've, I'm doing that now. Um, but I'm doing that because I have this, these tools, these networking tools to, to give my pitch, to give my one minute commercial for people to get to know who I am and what I do and where, where, what I'm looking for. And if I can help someone. And then the biggest thing I think is then just following up and making sure that you're keeping in touch, that you're keeping in contact, that you're offering some value to what it is that they're trying to accomplish for themselves. You know, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know where to start. Well, let's first talk about like what it is that you, that you need. The first thing you need to do, let's talk about the money situation. Those are hard conversations to have. And I always prepare people. I'm like, we're going to talk about your finances. I know that's not, I know that's probably a difficult subject. You prepare people for that. You know, I, well, I had some one person tell me, well, that's really personal. I go, well, this is a personal thing. You're, you're, I'm helping you through a process to buy a home. That's very personal. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that right now, that's okay. When you do, let me know. If you have any questions, let me know. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's like trying to create that air of comfort with people and that, that comfortable space, that safe space is really key to helping people because, you know, again, people don't know what they don't know. And there's a lot people don't know about real estate. Real estate has changed. It's changed for probably in some areas for the better, probably some areas for the worse, but it's changed. It's, it's different than what it used to be. People don't, um, you know, they're not looking at the Sunday paper, looking for houses anymore. They're online. There's data coming at you from everywhere. Um, phone calls, texts, everything. And I think that's really, you know, where you kind of have to bring people down to those, those details. So networking has helped me have some of those tools, have some of those, those presentation tools, those communication uh, skills. And the other thing that it's taught me is to ask a question and then to be quiet and listen and let people talk and try to take and gather all that information that they're telling me and say it back to, well, I understand you're, you're saying this. Do I, did I hear that correctly? Oh, yes. You know, oh, no, no, I didn't mean that. I meant this. It's, it's actively listening to what people are saying so that you can build that rapport with them and you can make sure that, that they know they're being heard. They know they're being understood so that you can then help them to get to that next step and whatever it may be. So I started, like I said, started networking. Um, I'm right now in a uh, chapter here in Upland and um, actively participating in my chapter. I actively give referrals and that's a big thing is that you give, you give referrals to get referrals. And I actively use the chiropractor in my group. I've used the loan, the loan, uh, the mortgage lender in my group, um, the Mary Kay lady that's in my group. I, I love her stuff. 
Um, the the gentleman that does the pre needs in in my group, I I utilize him, and I send him referrals. I've gotten I've 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 used these people and and referred them out to other folks because I'm saying here's my stamp of approval. I know, like, and trust this person to help you with your need. And once you start doing that, then that starts to come back to you and it, it comes back. It really does come back to you. Um, you get to forge these great relationships and make these great friendships and have fun doing it. Yeah, we're professional, but we get on there and we laugh and we have a good time and we enjoy one another. We have every end of our term, we get together and, you know, and have a party and, and kind of just put the networking, you know, put the networking on, in the back burner and enjoy one another. And so I was able to make those connections virtually, which was incredible because we were so disconnected, you know, in the pandemic and in all that time, planting those seeds and planting those seeds and planting those seeds and, you know, reaching out to people on social, create like beefing up my social media, um, you know, beefing up um, the content that I was putting out there. Um, I literally just did a branding photo shoot last week and I'm really excited. I got the proofs today. So I'm going to start putting more content out there that's a little different. And I'm also going to start putting me out there a little bit more um, in, in a video form, in in a vocal form, um, because I think it's important. People need to, to, again, know, like you and trust you. And I think people need to get to know me a little bit more. Um, so I actually went uh, to my networking meeting and I said, the only thing I asked for, like everybody you asked for, like, oh, I need a buyer, I need a seller, I need this. The only thing I asked for in my networking meeting is like, I want someone in my group to introduce me to someone that does podcasts. And you were one of them. And that's the power of networking. <laughs> that's the power of it. So again, I just planted one little seed and bam, fruition. And that's, that's what I did during the pandemic is I tried to create these relationships. And now that things are opening up, um, you know, and I'm getting, I'm getting deals under my belt and I'm, and, and let me tell you, these deals have been fun. No, no two real estate dealers are alike. And I have had some challenging ones um, as my, as my first, my first foray into the business. I mean, the first, um, the, so we sold the house that went quick. The purchase, I think I wrote up probably close to 25, 30 offers, you know, over a couple of months and, and showed and, and took my buyer to probably a hundred houses, um, with gloves and masks and, you know, COVID, you know, this and, and, and peed forms constantly. I'm like constantly on the phone, peed form, another peed form, another peed form. And, you know, it, it was an experience and it was a learning lesson and but you know, we got we got the house and and i negotiated well so i have good you know worked in purchasing got good negotiation skills so again all that experience that i've had i brought to the table and my second deal was even more of a nightmare but we got it closed and and negotiation skills and everything so you know the pandemic and, and being remote really taught me how to pivot, to be agile, and to expect the unexpected. And um, now I'm, I'm coming out of it with some great business, some great great relationships that I'm nurturing and, and moving forward with. And, and I'm just looking forward to helping the next person. Um, you know, where I had the one client like that I was working with, now I've got three or four that I'm working with. So it's like, 
my time is, yeah, my time is, I got a text earlier today. Hey, I'm just checking in. Oh yeah, I've got, we got to, we got to, we got to work on that. I got an idea for you. You know, I mean, I, I've got this loan product for you that I talked to someone about. I can connect you with them or we got this rental. Let's get the application in. Let's, you know, make sure that's, that's going. Um, you know, I've got another one that, oh, can't meet today. We're going to meet tomorrow. Oh no, I don't need that big of a house. I need this size. Okay. Here's another search. Here you go. Take a look. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. And we're doing this virtually. We're doing this over email. We're doing it via text. You know, people, some people are hesitant to meet and that's okay. Um, you know, I'll, I'll mask up and whatever you want. And I'll wear the gloves, you know, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, but I just want to make sure that when I'm doing, when I'm working with a client that they feel comfortable working with me and that if they have questions that they don't feel like, oh, it's a stupid question. There are no stupid questions, only the ones that aren't asked. You know, that's, that's when, that's when there could be so many misunderstandings. So the pandemic taught me that even this way we can make connections with people and we, they can be solid connections and get, getting to know people. And then once you, you know, of course get, you know, get to the point where you can actually see someone again and it's like, Oh yeah, you get to hug them. <laughs> I'm a hugger. So yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. that's, that's, that's how that happened. I mean, it was, it was unorthodox, but so has the world been for the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tell me about it. <laughs> I think, you know, like you, you touched on a lot of things there. Um, what two, two things that I want to, um, kind of hone in on is the first one is you were able to bring all your other experiences, all of your, um, you know, the work that you've done in the past businesses that you've done in the past um, negotiating skills and all that stuff, you're, you're bringing them together to make a cohesive Dina package to be able to sell mm -hmm. to your clientele, which I think, you know, a lot of real, I mean, not realtors, but a lot of entrepreneurs, when they go and start a new business, you know, they read a book or they, they, they learn from someone, they watch a YouTube video or whatever the case may be. And they sort of put everything of their past aside and just focused on like, oh, this is what this course told me on how to run this particular business. Mm -hmm. But I think that silos you because then you become everybody else that went through that course, that went through exactly. that book or video or whatever the case may be. It's all these extra ingredients that you bring to the table to make you, you the entrepreneur, this particular business unique to, to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you mentioned that. So I want to kind yeah. of, you know, hone in on that for our listeners. And you talked about, you talk about that, like someone reads a book and then they just, they follow that. They're just like, they're like tunnel focused. And I think when you look at all of these, I mean, you go to the bookstore, it's like, it's a bonanza of, of advice. And you could probably pick up two books on the same subject and their, and their, their opinions are completely opposite of one another. And that's okay. And I think if you take the nuggets, like if you take a nugget, this piece of information and try it out and you're like, eh, that really doesn't work for me. Okay. You learn something, you put it aside, you take that. Oh, let me try this. Oh, that, that works. So let's, let's keep that in the bag. Let's, let's, let's utilize that. And I think if you, if you take the things that, that work the best for you, you try things that you, you want to try, you know, I mean, you don't know if they should try and you, you put those aside, maybe, maybe not right now, maybe we'll put a pin in that for later. And it really comes to, you know, it, it's, you know, it's taking all those things and putting them together and making it your own. And I think, you know, taking your experience from the past, don't, like, we, we can't negate that. I mean, that's part of who we are. 
um, I I wouldn't have been able to like when I was in my purchasing role, I negotiated a hundred thousand dollars worth of savings in a eight or nine month period that I had been in the department. It was a yearly goal that we had to make. And I had been in that department only eight or nine months and I made that goal. And I was like, well, that was pretty awesome. You know? And then they were like, Ooh, she can do it. Let's move her into another department. That's when I went in the government contracting department because it was all about pricing. And they're like, we want your expertise here. And, and I never forgot that. I never, I never forgot because some people won't ask. It's like, well, Hey, well, what can you do for me? You know, like, how can we, how can we work this out? You know, like, let's come to a compromise. You know, I mean, you're like, well, no. And I could say no. It's like, okay, well, you know, do we want this to happen? Yeah, we do. We want this deal to happen. What can we do to come to that, that middle ground and that understanding where you're getting something you want? I get what I need for my client and we can meet in the middle and make it all work and make it happen. Sometimes it doesn't always happen, but I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have the negotiation skills that I, that I obtained when I worked in purchasing. Um, and sales as well, um, you know, and, and I would never, I would never leave behind those tools ever. I think, I think, I think anyone would be foolish to do that. And I think they'll probably come around and they'll tap into that because they'll, they'll need to, they'll need to tap into that toolkit to be successful, to not be like a clone, like every, like you say, you're siloed, like you're just following the same pattern as someone else. And it's like, be you, be unique. That's what makes you, you, you know, it's, it's be different, stand out, you know? Yeah. Um, what was it that, what was the quote from Dr. Seuss? Why would you want to be like something about why do you, would you like when you were born to stand out? It's like some, it's something like that. It's about being different. And I think it's, you know, you need to make, don't be a clone or a disciple or a, or a, or a, a mimic of someone else mimic some of their, their, their things. I mean, like take, take with it what makes you, you, but keep you be authentic, you know, and I think bringing that to the table will, will definitely separate, will set you apart from the herd, from the pack. Um, And that is what's going to, you know, keep someone being successful. Most definitely. I mean, in marketing, one of the, I would say, you know, like, Godfathers of Marketing is a guy named uh, Seth Godin. He wrote a, 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 numer- a number of books on the topic, but one of his older books is called Purple Cow. Be that purple cow. <laughs> Imagine if you're driving down farmland and you see a purple cow. You're going to stop and take like, pictures. Because like, exactly. So you want to be that purple mm-hmm. cow. A good purple yep. cow, not the not a bad purple cow, of course. <laughs> so have something remarkable about yourself that other other people will remember. But also, you know, one of the things that you also touched on was you had buyers, you know, like the 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 way people buy, not just real estate, but everything, you know, in in marketing and in business, people buy today with a lot of information under their tool belt. It's gone are the days that you're they're relying on you. And they're just going to trust you 100% just because of what your position is or who you are. But, exactly. you know, now, like as, as a for me, if I was, you know, in, in the market for buying a house, I know I know what the market has. Like, it's not it's not rocket mm-hmm. science before. Like, oh, what are the housing housing market like today? Like, no, I, I could go to <laughs> Zillow. I could go to, you know, pretty much like my, I talked to my grandma. I told her, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's like, oh, but, you know. I, you know, my, my, the house that I have is the price is secret. 
Like, no, it's not. Like, I could check your house right now, and and everybody else can do that. So long as they have a phone, they have Google, they got everything that they absolutely need to find out everything. But then you are coming in. Like, for you, you are coming in. Mm -hmm. Like, you talked about that earlier. You're guiding them through that process of weeding all of this information to make the right buying decision that's best for them, that fits what their need, what they need based on the consultative sales process that you did and interviewed them, you know, figured out their needs and all that stuff and making them kind of fit into that. Um, exactly. Exact yeah. product. That they Cause want. yeah, you can, we could run our whole lives from this phone. I mean, we literally <laughs> can do, we can, we can buy things at three o'clock in the morning and have them delivered, you know, and, and we could look up anything and it's everyone has that right at their fingertips. I mean, there's and again, like we talked about, so much information coming at you all the time. How do you discern it? How do you break it down? How do you make it digestible? And how do you make it like because again, some people I think are just overwhelmed. I mean, I have now um, made it a habit when I have my phone in a meeting, I turn it upside down. I and, and it'll buzz and it'll go like it started buzzing. I'm like, I'm gonna turn this off. I, I don't want to like I I don't want to look at it I don't want to pick it up and because it, again it's just I, I it can wait some things can wait you're with a client you're talking to them you're taking care of something if I'm with my kid helping her with the homework or doing something like that or we're having a conversation that I'm not gonna like if I look at my phone okay yep let me let me put that aside let me finish what I'm doing right now let me give this client this person I'm talking to my daughter my boyfriend. You know, my stepson, whoever I'm conversing with, let me give them my full attention. I want you to know that I'm here and I'm listening to you. And then I want to know what, how it is I can help you and what I can do to help you. Or who do I need to tap to help you? Like what resources do I need to bring to make sure that you're taken care of, that everything that you need, that I'm, okay, you need a lender? Here you go. You need, you know, you need someone to give you, get you insurance? here you go. Um, you need, um, a mover. Here you go. You know, it's like, let's, let's grab from that bag and let's bring it forward. But it's like when we, we have all of those things coming at us at once, it's like, well, who do I choose? You know, who do I go with? Go with, if you're going with someone, you know, like, and trust, let me give you someone I know, like, and trust. Um, so that you can, you can weed through the noise that you can get through all that, all that, static and get to what you need and um i think that's that's really key when it comes to just all of that information that comes at us yeah people can look the people can look up on zillow and see what their home value is and if you talk to any realtor this day and age they'll tell you that zillow's a little off it's off by 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 a couple percent so when a realtor goes in and does the research when I, I and I pride myself on this, I really I I get gnats in there, and I'm looking at numbers and I'm going, okay, does that compare? Does this compare? Okay, but let me look here, let me look there, and I tr- I try to be as comprehensive as possible when I'm telling someone, okay, what do you, what do you think your home is worth? Oh, I don't know. You've looked on Zillow. What do you think it's worth? Oh well, it's, this is what it is. They know. They've looked it up. Yeah. Well, this is these. Now, here's the report that I made for you. Let's see how far we are. Oh, we're right in the ballpark. Mm, we're a little higher, or maybe we're a little lower. 
But again, this is, it's, it's honesty. <laughs> it's honesty and, and good and, and information that you're pulling and putting in front of someone that's, that you can explain to them, not just, oh, I just pull these numbers off the internet. No, like, look, look at this house. This compares to yours in this way. This one compares to this lot size is just about yours. And it's, it's like, you're telling someone, look, I did the research for you based on the information you gave me. And I can explain it to you, not just type in your address and pull up a number. How did they get to that number? You don't know, but I can tell you how I got to that number. And that's the difference between me and Googling your home value. Yeah, exactly. It's just like me. <laughs> like when my foot hurts or I have a pain here, like you go, you go to Google, like you self-diagnose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, and my wife is like, I think he just, he just asked a real Either doctor. Either hangnail or I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Sometimes you go to go down that rabbit hole is like, like you either have a you have a wart or you have like a, a, a or you or you have cancer, skin cancer. Yeah, you know, like oh my yep. god, like what is it? Like I have a mole, or is that like oh my god? The skin tag is like oh my god, that's gonna be like you're gonna your face is gonna fall off soon. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah just just exactly. talk to an expert <laughs> who does this for a living and, yeah. and kind of sees yeah what everybody else is uh kind of doing it's funny because i'll 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 do the i'll do the calculations i'll do it and then i'll go to my broker and go what do you think it's worth and he's like i think it's worth this and literally we're maybe like a thousand or two thousand i'm like we're right in the ballpark or it's the same amount i'm like okay i got this I, i'm doing this i'm doing this right i'm I've, i've got it someone who's been in the business 30 years can come to the same number that i can within a few minutes i'm like okay i'm doing i'm doing something right i'm doing my research right so that's something that i really try to pride myself on uh is 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 being able to explain the data behind the number that i'm giving someone or the information that i'm giving someone um, so that they know that I'm not just full of baloney. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned something earlier too, not in not directly related to real estate. Was um, just you know, as an entrepreneur, you're you're testing out different things, right? You're testing out an idea here and there. As far as you, um, networking is you know, you you put out an offer this like this way, or you make make a pivot and offer it that way, and all that stuff. I mean, from my world, that's A/B testing, that's split testing, and I think that's what every business should be doing with any campaign, whether you're doing SMS, text marketing, I mean, text marketing, email marketing, or content, whatever, figure out what the buyer or what your your user, whoever your audience is, really gravitates mm -hmm. towards. And the only way to do that is you have to put it out. Like you can't guess. A lot of times as an entrepreneur, we come up with these esoteric campaigns or, or like strategies, and we think they're the best. But when mm -hmm. you put it out there, it's like, Oops, crickets! Like what happened? I thought this was gonna be the the thing that sets me apart, but no, because mm -hmm. you should have just tried a, a simple iteration of that idea and and saw if the market would actually <laughs> just pay attention to it and respond and yeah. respond absolutely. Even even if it's no, yeah, even yeah, absolutely. Even if it's no, you learn. You something. can ask. Yeah, yeah, you can you can you dig deeper. Like ask. why is that? Yeah. Absolutely. Why is that? Or is it is it and someone someone posed this question earlier today, something about rejection. Rejection is just a redirection. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I said, you know, because sometimes the word no doesn't mean it's final. It means maybe not right now. 
and that's yes. okay. And I, 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 I had a friend who I worked with. Um, he was a sales rep in a company that I worked with. And his goal was to get thrown out of buildings in downtown LA. Wow. That was his goal. He was, he was, he was calling, he was cold calling. He had, he had appointments, but like he'd go in business development, but his goal was to get kicked out of buildings. And this, this guy has so much tenacity. Um, I think he'd make a great real estate agent actually. Um, but he just has so much tenacity and that's his goal. Like his goal is to hear the no, because he knows the more no's that he hears, there'll be the yeses and, and, and they'll come and people will get to know him, you know, even he's just, he's knocking on doors, but you know, sometimes like, Oh, get out of here. But the more that he does it, he knows the more that he's going to connect and there's going to be that person that's going to give him that chance to, let me hear your speak. Let me, let me hear your spiel. Let me hear your pitch. And he's going to get him, and he knows it's going to happen. And, um, yeah, so that was, I was, I always love telling that story about, about my friend. And I'm like, he just loves to get kicked out of buildings. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Failing, failing his way to the top. Exactly. <laughs> well, my next question is if you could have one superpower, what would it be? But before you answer that, oh. let's take a quick break. Okay. Give me a chance <laughs> to think about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by Thinkin' Local, a fundraising and giving-based marketing platform whose mission is to connect local Main Street businesses who care about making an impact in the local community with schools and nonprofits who believe in supporting their local businesses. Find out more by visiting Think the Letter in Local.com. And we're back, digging for gold on the Behind Main Street Podcast. So, Dina, if you could have that one superpower, what would that be? Oh, I can think in Marvel characters right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, oh my gosh. I mean, I think reading people's minds would probably be the best thing. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be the, the the most healthy thing. It probably would devastate you. You think of uh, Mel Gibson in that movie where he could read where, uh, where he, what women want. Um, but yeah, I think I think maybe to 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 be intuitive, to be able to read people's minds, to hear what they're thinking, um, to kind of you know know what they're you know to kind of maybe try to anticipate those wants and and needs uh, ahead of that and be able to kind of deliver that um, in, in some sort of way. That's a fact. Or to fly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> well, in, in your opinion. What are, what are something, what are some things uh, people say? Like, does, is, is invisibility up there? Yeah. I, uh, s some people have said yeah. invisibility. Some people have said um, <laughs> teleportation. Um, ah. I've gotten similar to what you're, what you're saying is, um, not technically like reading minds, but reading people's emotions, like an empathetic mm. kind of a superpower yeah. feeling their emotions. Um, I've had, I've had a lot of different ones. Uh, what was the, yeah, I think, <gasps> oh, you know, like flying. I have to rechange my answer. Oh, go ahead, please. I have to change my answer. I have to change my answer. Now I know what it is. I want to be able to clone myself. Multiplicity. Like I want to be oh, able to clone go. myself so I can be in multiple places at, at the same time. That's my answer. That's my superpower. There you go. That's good. What is that movie? With, there you um... go. Multiplicity. 
Yeah, Multiplicity Man. Keaton. Is that Michael Keaton? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Michael Keaton, my one of my favorite yeah. movies. One of my favorite movies. But yeah, that's my superpower to be able to clone myself. Oh, that's gonna be good. I'm gonna <laughs> let my. We're gonna put that on my, our movie list. We yeah, yesterday my yes. kids watched Beetlejuice, so Michael Keaton. <gasps> so, I'm, so you good. know we'll, we'll we'll work on that. Um, Multiplicity Man next. Maybe the original Batman too. We have to add that to our list. There We've you seen go. All the there other Batmans, but is. the original one. <laughs> I know. <It's> so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your opinion, uh, you know, having gone through uh, buying a business, trying to revive a business, selling a business, closing it up, starting a new entrepreneur journey as your solopreneur, in your opinion, what would you say is the most crucial uh, personality trait that an entrepreneur needs to have to succeed? Humbleness. Being mm. humble. Knowing that you don't know everything, you know, and, and accepting that, that you just do not know it all and, and being humble and, and grateful that people want to work with you. Um, you know, it's, it's, you can open a door, you can hang a sign and open a door, you can pass out a business card, but it, it's humbling when someone comes to you and says, you know, I want to work with you and that it, it's it's humbling and it's it's really me <laughs> you know it's like oh, that's great like oh let's let's do it let's make it happen and i i think i will that's yeah humble yeah that's, that's awesome well if yeah. you could make one mistake over again what would that be and would you do or <sighs> would you do things differently or not if I can make if I can make a mistake over, so so a mistake that I made and make and do it over, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, I would. Yes, I would do a lot of a lot of things differently. But one in particular, um, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um. Yeah, I would make better choices financially for myself growing up. Um, I uh, I I made I made some 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 financial decisions that weren't the best, uh, but I think I I kind of felt like I had no choice um, because I didn't know any better. Like I I didn't know better, and I should have like not been so impulsive. I think, and I've learned that since I've gotten older. Um, to kind of pump the brakes and go take a breath and go, okay, do you, is this something you really need to do right now? You really want to do right now? Is there a better solution? Is there a no cost solution? Um, and you know, is this something that's, that's the right time? And I've, I've asked myself those questions a little bit more in in my later years than I did in my younger years. I was a little more impulsive in my younger years with money. So I would um, definitely make better decisions about my finances and money than I did back then. Gotcha. I think all of us would, would agree to that. Mm -hmm. All of us ha have done, you know, bonehead moves financially. That we, <laughs> wish we, we didn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. But no regrets. Is no regrets. That's for Absolutely. sure. No regrets. You live, yeah. you learn. Mm-hmm. Well, is there something or someone that you turn to when you, you know, in, as an entrepreneur, you get stuck? 
So is there someone or something that you turn to in, in those times? Um, now, um, in, in this business, I, I turn to, uh, my broker a lot. Um, when I have questions, um, I turn to my networking partners a lot. Um, especially the loan people that I work with, the insurance folks, um, to make sure that I'm dotting all the I's and crossing the T's. So it's, it's my networking partners, my, my team, my power team that I work with to make stuff happen in that. And then my, my broker, he's, um, I've been with my broker now about two years. Um, I had switched over um, to, to him and um, I learned more in the two hours that I spent in my initial meeting with him, getting meeting him and getting to know them than I had learned in a year at my previous brokerage. Wow. And that, I said, that's the broker for me. That's the person who's going to nurture my nurture me, teach me, mentor me, be pretty much available to answer questions anytime I have it. And he's always like, call me first, call me first, call me first. And, and he's, and he's, um, he's, he's been in this business 30 years. He, he knows what he's doing. And I, in that, like I said, in that two hours, I, 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 I put out that trust. I said, okay, I'm, I'm trusting what you're telling me because what you're telling me, no one's told me in a year and I didn't learn it in, in, in my courses. And I'm like, wow. And the one, I, I, among other things, but the interesting thing that I learned from him was how to, how to get a seller. And he said, when you walk in, when you walk into a listing appointment, he said, have them sell you your home, their home. Say, okay, first thing we're going to do, I want you to sell me your home. I want you to take me around your house and sell me your home. And in that process of doing that, what I do is I start to create a script in my head of how I'm going to sell their home to the, the community at large. And if I'm showing that, like, if let's say I'm at the house, like I'm having an open house and I'm there, I've created that script in my mind of those things that the, the, my client has shared with me about their home. Um, I'm going to relay those things to potential buyers. And I'm kind of telling that story about their home because it's not just a house. It's not just four walls. It's not just, you know, windows and, and furniture. It's a home. And hopefully it'll be you walking through, hopefully this will be your home and you can make it your own. So I think that was, that was one of the biggest things that I took away from that meeting. I mean, a lot of things, but the biggest thing I took away was that nugget right there. And every time I've done it, it's, it's, they're like, Oh, okay. Um, all right, let, let's do it. You know, it, it gets them out of their comfort zone, but it also gets them thinking about their, what they do have, what their asset is. And then also the next thing I ask them, okay, what do you, if they're going to be buying another home, where, do, where do you want to go? What do you want in your next home? Oh, okay. You know, like I had one client tell me like, no one had asked her that before. Someone wanted to list her home, but didn't want it, didn't care where she was going next. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I want to know. I want to know. So we can look at situations and go, okay, how can we make this happen? for you how can we get get out of this and get here and and make it all come together and if you don't ask those questions if you don't take a deeper dive into what people's wants and needs are 
how are you going to help them? So that's something that when I, when I, I learned that from my, my broker and I just, I can't say enough good things about them. I mean, the Berkshire Hathaway has, especially the, the, um, the group that I'm with so many tools, too many. Sometimes <laughs> we have like 80 billion things for 80 billion things in real estate. There's always a new, there's always a new system, a new, this, a new, that it's always a new bells and whistles. And it's, um, it can be overwhelming at times. Um, but I like to get, when I find something that I like and I know, I like to use it. When it goes away, I'm sad. It's like, okay, I got to learn this new thing now. Okay. Um, but if it's still there, I'm going to use it. Um, but that was the thing. It's like, and even, even within the office that I'm in, I think we have about 90 some odd agents in our office. I've done open houses for other agents. I've, you know, um, I've helped out and, and given them listings and say, okay, let's work together. You know, let's try to make it happen together and make deals happen. Um, and I think that's the most important thing. It's like, yeah, we're, we're all in competition with one another, but we can all collaborate too. And we can all help each other grow our businesses together. And that's the other thing too. It's like, I've connected with other real estate agents. It's like, Hey, I'd like to work with you. Let's, let's see if we can, we can do a deal. Like, do you have any, let me, like, I have a client that's looking for this. If you get a listing, let me know. Let's, let's get them together. And that's where, yeah, there's a lot of real estate agents out there, but we, that we can work together. You find those people you can work together with and, and everyone, anywhere, everyone comes out ahead. Your clients do, your, 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 you as agents do, and then hopefully you can work together again. You never know. They may be unhappy at their brokerage and they want to come over and join mine, <laughs> get some cool tools. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do, I do love working at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. It's been an amazing experience and, um, I get hit up every day to go to other brokerages every day. And I just say, thank you very much. I'm really happy where I'm at. And some people hang up, some people go, oh, okay, thank you. You're, you're welcome. I try to be polite, you know, um, but I'm really, I'm really happy with where I'm at. And I've, I've seen myself grown, grow exponentially over the past two years, uh, being at the, at the office in Upland. I've seen it, I've seen it in myself and, um, I see it at others, which is really awesome. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. you know, going through all of that, what, you know, like you, you're learning from, the past experience that you've had, you know, being at a former brokerage that, you know, you didn't feel that you grew as much and now you're in a mm -hmm. broker, you're in a very good situation. Um, are there any um, things that keep you going, like to drive you to kind of just push yourself even more? Um, my goals, like I, I said, I, I want to get to the point of investing Um you know, in, in, in my family's future and my future and get to the point where, um, you know, we're building wealth, but we're helping people within that as well. Um, so that's really what drives me is, is that I have, there are things that I want to accomplish. There are things that I want to build. There are people that I want to help. And all of this keeps me going to get there. And, and I, I can see it. I can see how that's going to come to fruition. I can see how that's going to be, you know, we're, we're going to work on the, on the next, on the investment. We're going to, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It may take us a little bit, 
but we're planting the seeds and making the steps to get there. And we're, we have a plan. Um, you know, eventually my boyfriend and I have talked about after our kids are graduated from high school, uh, cause we share custody with, uh, with our respect, their respective parents. We want to move out of state, maybe, maybe out of the country. Um, but we, you know, want to be able to be free to do that and maybe retire early to where we can travel and do the things we want to do and provide, still provide for our, our home and our kids and, you know, building that wealth will get us there. Um, and that's really important to us is that we build something um, solid and stable for our kids. Um, we're teaching them financial wellness, things that maybe we were never taught as kids and we're teaching it to them now. And so that I've talked to my daughter and I said, you know, hey, let's, we're going to build this nest egg together. And let's say when you graduate, you know, when you get into college, let's say we buy it, we buy a property together and we rent it out to some other students and you live there and you're able to maybe work a little bit, go to school and, but this place would be yours. And then you would be getting some rent in from your friends and, and this is your house and you're building your, your future together so, or your future. And that, so that when you go to college, you get a job, you start to work, you have a place already, you know, you're, we're not maybe putting ourselves in so much student loan debt. We're, we're really being very, very money conscious and financial conscious to make sure that we're not, we're not putting ourselves in a hole before we even get to that point and that we're building wealth from the, from the start um, and building a good foundation. That's, that's a big thing for me is building that foundation. So I'm trying to teach her that. And the great thing is, is that when my kid gets money, I'm like, oh, do you want to go spend it? She's like, no, let's put it away. Let's save it. I'm like, that's my kid. <laughs> you know, and when she does, she's pretty conservative. So oh, I'll just take half of it. Okay. You know, put, keep the other half, save it. Okay. You know, and, and I'm, and that's, and that's for me, that, that motivates me to then just build that, build that wealth and build that legacy for her and for my family so that, you know, when it comes time, we're able to enjoy, you know, our business, our investments and, and travel and our families and, and have that for our future. And that's what motivates me is that we want to get to the point where we have that independence from, from other things. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Gotcha. Absolutely. No problem. Mm. Well, if you could talk to, I know we, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but if you could talk to 18 year old Dina, what advice would you give her? Wow. Um, move to California sooner. <laughs> um, yeah, don't go to Florida. Move to California sooner. Um, don't make the same financial mistakes that you made. Really be be smart with your money. Um, and... Uh, be patient, you know, don't rush to make so many rash decisions just because you think you have to really, really think carefully about the steps that you make and be smart about it. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I would tell 18 year old Dina. Good. Great advice. Be patient. Well, I... <laughs> be patient. <laughs> well, as an entrepreneur now, with you know you handling different clients and things of that nature different schedules what what is your favorite favorite productivity hack i would say um my social media um 
uh, I have a, a couple different systems that send out my my social media uh, scheduled um, and formatted and everything. So um, I like that that content goes out. That's a that's a very time consuming um, practice. I I try to do it manually for a while, and I'm just like, oh, hey, too much, too much. Um, so like that is is a great thing to automate, and that I found that works really well. Um, and then within our um, CRM system, I have an automation set up to send out uh, monthly market reports, um, neighborhood reports, and uh, listing listing reports and, and alerts to out to my clients when when they need it. Um, and uh, so I, I information goes right to their inbox, and then I have my monthly newsletter that goes, and that's all automated, and it's brilliant. Um, I'm not sitting there just typing out this, that, and the other. We have tools that that set it all up for us, that gather the data, that push it out, and it's specific to where my clients live. So it's not my zip code; it's their zip code, it's their neighborhood, it's their area. So it gives them the information and puts it in their their inbox anytime. Um, and I think that's the those are the the things that can be the most time consuming is really, you know, staying in touch with your clients, keeping that touch going. Um, but knowing that I'm putting information in front of them that's useful and that's going to help them make informed decisions on, on the next steps if they decide to buy a new home, buy, a, buy an investment property, buy a vacation home. Um, hey, we've got the equity. Let's, you know, like, oh, look at the values are going up, up, up. Maybe we could take some equity out and get a vacation home or, you know, invest in that. Um, or buy a second property, you know, to rent out. Um, so, again, that's... I think that's really the best thing to do is is to keep yourself top of their mind in their hand in the visual and automate that process because it's 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 a lot. <laughs> um, with that said, you know if you were with a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, you know there's you have a lot of goals, you have a lot of um, things that you want to do with your with your daughter, with your um, with your partner, and you know you want to retire early and stuff like that. If Outside of the $100 million that you may or may not have tomorrow morning when you wake up, if there are three mm. wishes that were granted to you right now, what, what three wishes would you wish for? Oh. Um, to end world hunger would be, a, would be a, a big one. That would be a big thing on my, on my list. Um, that all of my friends and family... I, that they are happy, healthy, and and comfortable, and have everything that they need, um, and that the Giants win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All right. <laughs> I had to throw one thing in there. We've had All a rough right. couple seasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did the big ones first. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Well, all of them. I mean. None of those were selfish because even if the New York Giants won, yeah, there's some selfishness in you that wanting your win to your team to win. But there's a lot of people that would like that to happen. So I'd share that with others. Exactly. I'd share that with others. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you mentioned a book earlier too. Um, Can you recommend three books for our listeners that has helped you? Ah, yes. Um, uh, Epic Life Blueprint um, by Rock Thomas would be one that I would recommend. 
Another one is called High Level Networking by Terry Lee Harrison. Uh, she recently recently just launched that book, and I went to her book launch, and I literally ate that book up when I got it. I just read it, and, and it, it has helped me kick up my networking game it notches it's it's been it's been pretty amazing um the third book um ooh, um i would say the five love languages would be another book that i would recommend and i think and and again it it, it has to do with connections and and people and not only just your relationship but i think even dealing with friends and and other people you can see those things and really learn how to communicate better with people gotcha recognizing gotcha. how they communicate yeah yeah most those definitely would be my three <laughs> very very good suggestions what are you most looking forward to now your future as an entrepreneur um to be able to, to travel um, and and realize those travel goals that that I've had those those bucket list things um, I think that's what I'm looking for most is is being able to have that self-sufficiency to kind of plan those travels and go okay you know deals are working deals are good deals are good I've got you know I've got my transaction coordinator helping me with this that the other Okay, I can go on vacation now. I can still answer questions, but I, I can go and, and really enjoy myself with my family and and really kind of enjoy the fruits of the labor um, and, and savor it. Um, top of my list is, is Italy. And uh, I'd like a long, a good long two, three, four weeks maybe in Italy to eat and drink my way through Tuscany and just experience the whole situation. Um, so yeah, really going and, and seeing the world um, and taking it in um, and experiencing people too. Um, I think those are, there's some things that, that are first and foremost. And really, like I said, just building a legacy, building wealth for my, my family um, and, um, and just spending time with, with them. I mean, our kids are growing up so fast so fast um and just being able to to really enjoy that time with them and give them experiences that i may have never had as a kid just because of whatever limitations we had at the time but giving them giving them those experiences and seeing them experience it as well and that joy in that wonderful that's wonderful where can listeners learn more about you and your business Oh, goodness. Let's see. There's a lot of places. <laughs> um, so I'm on, uh, you know, all the social medias, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Pinterest. <laughs> uh, my handle is at home with Dina. Um, so except on Twitter, it's the at symbol and it says home with Dina. Uh, my website, which is www.athomewithdina.com. Um, and you can search all sorts of things. You can also find a link to my blog on there, which is the networkingrealtor.com and uh, read all about me. And, uh, and I owe you all a blog post, uh, which I have an idea. It's the seven questions to ask your realtor. That's going to be the next blog post. Mm. So little, little preview on the headline, 
but we're going to get to those seven questions and my hopefully people will chime in and say, okay, do you have any more questions? Because maybe there's eight, nine or 10 and keep expanding it from there. And I would love for my, my blog to be, just get to be an interactive point where people are commenting and that, that dialogue can go and, and really be a place of resource and, and conversation for folks. Um, and um, yep, so those are the places that people can find me um, and, uh, and reach out to me anytime. Um, there's a blog post I wrote about when to reach out to me and be now. <laughs> great, if you have great. questions, I'm... if you don't have questions, just say hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to link uh, for our listeners. I'm going to link all of that up in the description of the of the episode, so you guys can get to know Deanna. I mean, Dina even 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 more. Well, in closing, <laughs> Dina, what is one piece of practical advice that you can share with our listeners in their journey of entrepreneurship? that um, it takes people working together um, to make things happen. Um, no one does it alone. Um, you, you don't need to be on that island. Um, even if you feel like you're on that island, network, you know, go to an event, go, even if you're at a restaurant, I mean, I was standing in line at um, uh, Rescue Brewing the other day, and I was standing in line waiting to, to order, and I just turned around, and, and this gentleman was wearing a shirt. I'm like, oh, I really like your shirt. And we just started talking, and I found out that he was a golfer. And I was like, oh, I used to golf. And, and it just just try to try to step out of your comfort zone sometimes. I mean, it's, I, I, I could talk to anybody, but sometimes it's hard for people to step out of their comfort zone. But even if you say something like, I like your shirt, or I like your purse, I like your shoes, it opens the conversation to then make a connection. Because then you can, I think, as an entrepreneur, then you can feel like, I, I can talk to people. I can make that cold call. <laughs> cold calling is a nerve-wracking thing. I can reach out to someone and try to strike up a, a, a relationship, a business relationship with someone, see if we can collaborate and work together. And I think that's the thing is, is you're not you're not alone in your business. Don't feel like you're alone. There's someone that's going through what you're going through. There's someone that needs your product, your service, your help, your advice, your collaboration. Reach out. Don't isolate yourself. Reach out. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Dina, for being such a great guest and for giving me and our listeners actionable nuggets that we can apply to our business and practically our lives. I invite our listeners to please check out uh, and connect with Dina from At Home with Dina and Berkshire Hathaway Home Services and learn more about how you can get involved and work together potentially. Also connect with me if you'd like to be featured as a guest or recommend one. Please also do share, subscribe, leave a rating review. I'd very much appreciate your honest feedback, which helps me continually provide impactful content that I hope you all will find valuable. And always remember that every day that you face adversity, think of it as an opportunity to find the gold inside you. Until next time, everybody, have a success-filled day. Thanks for listening to the Behind Main Street Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Remember to visit www.behindmainstreet.com.